You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, greetings. Hope everybody had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. We got some things to get to here today on Tuesday, July 7th on Locked On Browns. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. A lot to get to today. Uh, we're sitting here with uh, Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. Um, news just broke a, a little while ago, and we'll get to the whole David Njoku nonsense. Uh, apparently, somebody just built the franchise out of a half a billion, and it still might not be enough money. Um, Pete, Olivier Vernon, the contract restructured today. Um, obviously, none of it guaranteed. Now up to $11 million in guarantees. Possibility for $2 million more with incentives. Um I, I guess this takes them out of the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes for good, which is just something they weren't going to win. If they were going to win, they would have won by now. Um, but Olivier Vernon in the fold here. Um, look, we never had a problem with Olivier, the player. The question was, is you know, were they chasing something that maybe had more length to it with a Jadavian Clowney? But um, you know, this puts them in a few position for this year as far as this defensive line. It's also going to put them in a future, you know, a future solid hold with number 95 and obviously the availability of what they're going to be able to do, not only next off season, but the off season after it. Well, yeah, I mean, the genetic being clowny stuff was just seemingly going to end in disappointment. Um, it seemed like they, you know, to have Olivier Vernon go through all this to then essentially be cut or traded would have been a bad look. Uh, uh and Clowney offers a little bit more versatility, but Olivier Vernon is just better at doing his job. Um, and, you know, to what this team wants to do, that would seemingly be more important. If they want to, you know, essentially have strength up the middle and work out, work up the outside, that would favor uh, what Olivier Vernon does well. He played really, really well. When he was healthy last year, that's the whole thing. Um, you know, they, they Vernon gets the peace of mind. He knows where he's going to be this year. Um, the, the Browns save a, a couple million bucks, which is fine. And, and if he's good and he, he does everything they want, then he's going to make $13 million, which I'm sure they'd be happy to be happy to pay. Um, the only thing that this sort of uh, leaves in a lurch a little bit is, you know, now, as was largely expected this whole time, um, is what happens at that position in 2021. Um, but Vernon paired with Miles Garrett uh, in some games were just downright dominant. Uh, the Seahawks, uh, the Ravens were their two best, uh, where they were able to sort of contain and fluster mobile quarterbacks uh, and, and put the team in position to win. Um, and I think if the Browns are better on the interior of the defensive line, then hopefully we should see better numbers out of Vernon. But whatever box scores he lacked, uh, it's just his, his, his uh, technique and understanding what he's supposed to do, uh, he was really, really good. He just got to stay healthy, and I assume most of the incentives are, are tied into that. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know how he would reach certain incentives, you know, without 
I mean, you know, maybe there could be a little bit of chunk of change for games played. I, I'm not positive on that point, but obviously, you know, with health, you know, what's going to allow you to, you know, reach performance clauses within your contract. Um, is there still a possibility of adding one of these lower, lesser pass rushers available? Vinny Curry's been a popular name. Um, you know, Marcus Golden, I, I don't know about that in that entire Giants situation. Um, there's still that possibility there. You have Adrian Claiborne. Uh, you have the potential in a second-year guy in Porter Gustin, Chad Thomas, I guess, here for now. Um, I, I know, Pete, you were talking about this earlier, you know, on social media, and you put it in your piece as far as, you know, what this is going to do for the rollover cap and obviously making, you know, the eventual extension to Miles Garrett easier. Do you think they're, you know, if they had this interest in Jadavian Clowney, do you think now that they're just going to say, but didn't work out, we've got Olivier squared away, you think they're still mining the field, so to speak, for one more pass rusher possibility? Or is this to the point now, look, I think we're content. We're, you know, two and a half weeks or so away from camp. I think we're good. And the other thing is it might only be 75 guys. So, you know, maybe you don't want to necessarily be going out chasing guys that aren't essentially going to make the final roster. Uh, well, I mean, from a financial standpoint, they have the capacity to go sign Jadevian Clowney and Everson Griffin and keep burning. I mean, they have the money to operate uh, if they want to. Um, I don't ever assume the Browns are, are you know, mo- completely taking themselves out of the running for anything just by virtue of the fact that they always sort of keep their options open. But I think for all intents and purposes, uh, the defensive line is largely done. I mean, maybe there's a scenario where, you know, Everson Griffin doesn't get the deal he wants and signs it. But uh, I think Clowney's going to end up uh, you know, I, I, on a deal he's not happy with uh, somewhere, probably for a year, and Everson Griffin's probably going to ultimately end up in Seattle. So, and I think Marcus Golden's going to end up staying in New York. So the the, I think I think they're done. I think they have signaled that this is where they're going to be for this year. I think they're probably starting to look, um, you know, into some of their options for. Next year, I'm, I'm sure that was always part of the calculus, and 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 it's possible that they, you know, that they don't, that they they run it back with Vernon next year. It's not like, you know, just because it's a one-year deal, and and we assume it's going to be the last one for him here, that that's necessarily the way they have to go. It it may depend on uh, some factors like if they're good and they feel like they're close, they may not want to try to get somebody else in there like a rookie or something. They may want to try to keep him around. So. Uh, this is the path that gives them the most options for how they want to approach next year. But certainly, you know, the, the idea of going into 2021, not knowing who your left end is across from Miles Garrett is at least um, worth noting. And like you said, though, the duo themselves, when they played well, when they played together last year, played well, Um, you know, Olivier, you know, just a sound technical football player, you know, grades out well, um, obviously the, you know, the sack numbers weren't essentially, you know, what we were hoping for what that's, and that's okay though, but you, it's okay when you have that with miles Garrett, more importance. And especially when you're facing a team like Baltimore twice a year is you have that sound player that does his job. He does not get taken out by an offensive tackle does not get taken out by a tight end. He will ride him out, make everything cut up inside of him. So keeping Olivier for one more year, obviously, you know, a, a sound, sound move here, as opposed to bringing somebody in now to this 
in this fold where there's only remote learning. Um, we'll see when we finally get to camp. Um, looking more and more like there will be no preseason whatsoever. If you saw JC Treader's post today, which is fine, and we kind of we told you guys that this is probably how it was headed. Um, worst comes to worst. I mean, Sioni Taki Taki could take a rep or two at end in passing situation if he needed to. It's not like he's unexperienced there. So, but this is put to bed here. You know, the Jadavian Clowney, you know, flirtation. I mean, they tried it, they were in it. You know, they did everything they could. Obviously, it was just something that wasn't going to happen on his end. Maybe his agent, Gus Cook, doesn't want both his defensive ends in the same spot. Who knows? I mean, you know, agents are quirky. We'll get to some agent talk here in a little bit. Uh, you know, more here when we talk about Mr. Mahomes here. Uh, Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith. We're going to talk about uh, Mr. Njoku's odd request that he threw out uh, you know, mid-Friday afternoon here in a bit. Jeff Floyd, Pete Smith, Locked On Browns. With the ever-increasing number of makes of vehicles, Fiat, Fiat Kia, examples, and model, model Specifica, XTS, XT5, XT3, it is now impossible to stock all the auto parts you need in the traditional chain storefront. Uh, why endure the uh, pointless effort of going to the counter and having the mask, whether you have a V-Sex or do you have an LX or an EX or an EX Coupe? Um, and while... The counterman do orders of parts on his computer. Guess what? You could have done that just at home using rockauto.com and saved yourself the time. The other thing with rockauto.com for folks uh, now in this day and age with YouTube tutorials and just everything you've been as you have with the Internet, you can learn how to do some of these things yourself at home. So why go to a, you know, a, a dealership, pay $360 for a fuel filter or something of that nature when you can go to Rock Auto probably get it for $120, $100 less than listed price. Um, find out how to do it yourself using YouTube tuto- uh, tutorials. Um, chain stores have different price uh, price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible. Rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, mostly like the airlines do, RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customer for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and be sure to tell them Locked On sent you. Pete, Friday, you know, the news midway through the afternoon, uh, David Njoku, well, through his agency, um, and Drew Rosenhaus, here it is, the second offseason in a row where Drew Rosenhaus' client, after the Browns organization has shown a commitment to him, the Browns picked up David Njoku's fifth-year option right after the draft. Now, here is just yet another installment of a Drew Rosenhaus contract. It's never about now. It's always about the next contract with a Drew Rosenhaus client. David Njoku requesting out. Um, for me, it's it's just poor timing. I mean, you've already gone to this to this point. I mean, if you really wanted to do this, you needed to do this before the draft. Um, where else does this look poor from David Njoku's camp? He caught five passes and only played four games last year. Um, obviously an absolute lost season. What has David Njoku done well to this point in the NFL? 2018 with Baker Mayfield, develop a solid relationship, 58 receptions, four touchdowns. Once he and Baker and Baker found out, look, it's numbers are higher, throwing the ball to David Njoku doesn't be, doesn't have the ability to essentially get low, go high when you're throwing the ball to him. The two of them had a lot of success together. Um, this late in the game, you know, where would you go? And you know, you're not going to walk right into a facility where they can just sit down and crash course you on a playbook. You're going to go to these meetings just like everybody else. And obviously, you know, it would be three, four. And there's been some rumors about, you know, David Njoku's essential habits or, you know, the fact that he likes to go out and, you know, hang out or whatever it is. It's just, it's a bad look for him, Pete. I mean, we've talked about this and it's, you know, 
some of Baker's lack of success in 2019 was due to the fact that two of the people he had the most success with in 2018, Rashard Higgins, David Njoku, were either unavailable for injury reasons or just unavailable for whatever nonsense went on in 2019. But we've talked about this before. Um, you talk about a guy like Rashard Perriman, who essentially resurrected his career with Baker Mayfield. Um, this is a two tight end set that Kevin Stefanski wants to run. We don't know what they think of Steven Carlson. They drafted a tight end. They committed the fifth year to David Njoku. So I don't know where state Steven Carlson fits essentially into this tight end equation for 2019. Then there's also Harrison Bryant. I, you know, you just can't assume that a day three pick a round four pick, even with the, you know, the success he had as a receiver at Florida Atlantic, how quickly he's going to be ready to go. There's an opportunity here for David Njoku to have a strong season and maybe build upon what was looking good for 2018. But for right now, after the 2019 resume, which was non-existent for David Njoku, this seems just kind of pointless and foolish because whatever would probably be offered to the Browns as far as trade compensation is something that they're not going to agree to. You, you gamble on athletes. These are the ones you, these are the ones you get. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it didn't work out because, David Njoku just didn't become a good enough blocker or the drops just became too much. But if you're going to gamble, Pete, we tell you this all the time, you gamble on athletes. Yeah. I mean, the, everything about this is peculiar. Uh, I mean, you fire your agent, replace them with Drew Rosenhaus. You're essentially, you know, he's essentially a loaded gun uh, and you hire him because this is what he does. He doesn't make a dime until uh, Njoku brings in new money. So, the only way to do that is to get him another contract or, or, or get him out or whatever. Um, so that's what he's going to do. The timing being early July when training camp is a question mark. I don't think there's a market for him. And, and I don't know who's the joke who's points to and says, this guy will vouch for me that I'm a good investment because his best uh, stretch was in 2018 when uh, Greg, uh, when uh, Greg Williams was the head coach, the interim head coach, and, and Freddie Kitchens was the offensive coordinator. And then the following year, Freddie Kitchens is the head coach. And in addition to the injury, he had you know issues with Kitchens, which um, you can say whatever you want about how bad he was as a head coach, but it wasn't unilateral like Njoku has had issues with maturity and you know not doing his part and when Stefanski talked about him that was you know he, he talked about how good he thinks Njoku can be uh what the, what they they see in him fitting in this offense but mentioned he has to hold up his end and that's the challenge so um the way fifth option fifth year options work now is they are largely based on production and and stuff like that and and Njoku may be looking at this as I'm not going to get that in Cleveland uh, on some level I can understand that but it feels like you know just just objecting for the sake of getting it on the record knowing full well that the Browns have no intention of trading you um, and from that standpoint he's going to have to answer questions that he probably doesn't want to answer uh, because of raising it when all he should really be focused on, even if he ultimately wants to go somewhere else is having the best 2020 possible and improving himself, you know, hopefully 
not only you know, from the football standpoint, but just growing up, he's uh, you know he's about to turn 20, uh, 24 in a couple of days. Uh, I mean, he's still very young, trying to figure this thing out. But I think the problem for Njoku is he's looking ahead and too far ahead. I think he's looking at 2022 and he needs to be focused on 2020 after 2019 was, you know, a lost year. And I think the Browns offense offers him opportunities to sort of really rebuild his, his, his value and become the player he wants to be. And at that point, perhaps he can operate from a position of strength because right now he's offering, uh, he's operating at a, a huge position of weakness and has no one to really vouch for him. So I don't know what this does other than potentially sets him up to get a really ugly wake-up call that the NFL doesn't think he's as good as he does, isn't willing to maneuver for him, especially right now, and that he's going to have to, you know, become more efficient, uh, more detail-oriented, and eliminate some of those mistakes before He's going to set himself up for the contract he really wants. And that's that could go one of two ways for Njoku. He could, you know, realize what he needs to do, focus on it and get better, or he could pout. And if last year was an indication, he's not, a, he's not someone who's unafraid to pout. So I'm hoping that, you know, this will end well, I think, the Browns will try to basically talk him down, and I think they'll ultimately be successful. Uh, I don't think Njoku is a bad guy. I just think this is he just lacks self-awareness, and he needs to sort of figure this thing out. And I, and I do think that he needs to be conscious of the fact that Baker Mayfield is, is good for him uh, or, or could be really good for him, uh, and he could have a, a great year. And And the last thing I would point out is, you know, so many people look at the tight end position, they go, well, you have your tight end. That's, you know, if you have multiple great tight ends, play multiple great tight ends. So the way the Browns are structured, if Austin Hooper is great and David Njoku becomes the player they, that Andrew Barry clearly believes he can be, there's no reason they won't extend him to a fat contract too and have these supremely athletic, uh, massive receiving targets be the, cent- the, the focal point of the offense with receivers being uh, – a lesser part of it, even if it's Odell Beckham, it just it, it just it, it just creates more opportunities for you to be a, a dominant offense. And just you know, you just sort of look at this and you try to figure out how teams are going to defend this group. It becomes pretty challenging in a hurry. There aren't a lot of teams with one great option to defend any tight ends, let alone the second one. As as Browns fans have have been complaining for years, uh, tight ends just eat them up well if Najoku's your second one as long as he's one of the best 11 which is where the Browns are going to be focused he's going to be able to produce he's hopefully going to be able to produce more efficiently and that's going to help him drive his own market to where I think if he has a great season the Browns won't hesitate to start talking to him about a contract extension after this year and that's why ultimately I think so much of what he's doing is short-sighted from the Rosenhaus angle Look, I, I don't like Drew Rosenhaus. I don't like the way he does business. I understand the model. It's about numbers. If you have 10 clients and you shoot for the moon with all of them and you get two or three to get it, he's winning. doesn't matter that the seven or eight players lose. And 
Pharrell Pryor is a great example of, of one of those who bought in, uh, was, was sold a bill of goods and got nothing out of it. And he, you know, pointed out that he thinks that was the turning point of his career, that, that, that had he stayed with the Browns, he probably would have been better off for it. Instead, he ended up uh, in the league just two more years between three teams and, and didn't did little or nothing. And then he was out of the league. So I think while Drew Rosenhaus isn't dishonest in how he presents what he's doing, it does feel predatory. Well, with this, and, you know, obviously Drew Rosenhaus, what do you look at? You look at what Austin Hooper, um, you know, just signed for. Now um, you're going to look at, obviously, a Kittle extension, what Travis Kelsey's making. Problem is David Njoku is not the full-time blocking tight end that these guys are, which is why this system is probably fantastic for him. Um, at on any given play, if he's on the field, he's probably the fifth fifth option as far as people, what are people going to defend. Um, if you're going to look at this realistically for David Njoku, what are you looking for in your, maybe your next contract? Look like Eric Ebron currently on two years, 12 million with Pittsburgh and similar. Look, Eric Ebron's had more success, obviously as a receiver, you know, the blocking never really came around for Eric Ebron either. Um, that's what you should be looking for. And if that's what you're going to be, your role is going to be. And look, there is always a role for a tight end that can receive in the NFL. And they will look, if you put up good enough numbers, you know, they'll deal with your blocking and they'll find ways to deal with it. Um, but you know, sometimes again, like you said, I mean, they're looking for the moon here, where, you know, maybe, uh, you know, some of the stars would just be good enough here. Um, either way, David Njoku, your best possibility for you um, is here. Um, and look, you have the relationship with Baker. You know what the plan is to this point, what they want to do in the 2020 season, as opposed to jumping into a whole nother situation. And, you know, I mean, everybody wants to see New England. Uh, you know, well, what are you going to go to? Run, you know, run, run there now. Cam Newton, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Best, you know, opportunity for getting that second contract, David Njoku relies here within the Cleveland Browns and with one Baker Mayfield. Uh, folks, uh, now's a great time. Go ahead, subscribe. Uh, you know, make sure you're leaving the ratings and the reviews. Make sure you're checking out everything. Browns Digest on SI.com and uh, Browns PFN over at Pro Football Network. Appreciate you guys all for that. Peter, the news came down yesterday. One former Mets son, a quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs, one Patrick Mahomes, uh, 10 years, north of 500 million, um, just uh, ridiculous numbers. And uh, for everybody who got blown away about it, if you saw some people break it down, I mean, it's it's a normal chunk of the cap that some of the highest paid quarterbacks in the day have gotten. Obviously, with where the cap is now, it's, it's you know, it, it just seems that much larger. And it is. I mean, $500 million, just no way around it. Um, you know, part of it also may be, hey, you already won us the Super Bowl. You already won an MVP while you're on the rookie contract. And if anybody remembers Pete and I talking for a while now, we're trying to have success while you had stars on rookie contracts like the Chiefs just did. But Patrick Mahomes, Pete, cashed in yesterday, 10-year, um, north of $500 million extension, You know, 12 years in uh, Kansas City. And the funniest thing is the way the contracts, I think the way it's all worked out, I believe he's, you know, it would still be like 34, 35 when his you know, contract ran out with Kansas City, which for a quarterback is not essentially that, you know, that old, so to speak. But Patrick Mahomes, you know, now uh, you know, will be your highest paid player in the NFL, deservedly so. Um, and I'm sure for Browns fans, you know, this, you know, has a little, you know, stuck in the crawl here um, as far as all that. But hey, revisionist history is always fun to play. But Pete, Patrick Mahomes paid in full. Well, I am disappointed 
in that there seemed to be this opportunity to really make a, a, a leap forward in terms of how contracts are done. I was hoping that Patrick Mahomes is going to essentially say, look, I want 15% of the salary cap for 10 years. And that would have been it. And maybe there were some extra bonuses in there or whatever, but I was hoping that we'd get to that point and make the salary cap way more easy to understand for everybody, uh, make it easier to sort of budget and plan and stuff like that. But he went with the more traditional style of contract, which yeah. Lee Steinberg makes sense. Yeah, I mean, look, it's great for him. He's going to make a boatload of money. It's not ten years. It's like there's at one point he makes like forty nine point seven million, and then like the next couple of years, like at one point he gets down to thirteen. Um, <laughs> that's never going to happen. He's never going to go down to thirteen or whatever. So, look, the way it was reported is the way the agent wanted to report it. Ten years. You know, it was 450, then it was 505 or whatever, and all these different numbers. But until we find out where those options are, uh, which is why I don't like this type of deal, um, you don't find out how long the contract is. Like, that's the thing. It, 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 when, when I heard, as soon as I heard 10-year 10 10 deal, unless it was tied to the salary cap in terms of a percentage, uh, then there was going to be points where one, if not both sides, could opt out and, and try to renegotiate or whatever, which is how this thing always goes. So then, you know, how many of those are there? You know, and does this become a situation where you're basically just counting down however many years till the first one, and it's a holdout and all that stuff? So, I, like again, it's great, great for Patrick Mahomes. It's a life-changing amount of money. He's great. Uh, he obviously coming off this Super Bowl win. Um, they're in phenomenal shape. It's great for the league that he's staying with the Chiefs, you know, presumably for the rest of his career. Uh, but again, it's disappointing. I'm hoping that we get to a point where, you know, it, it, you know, whether it's Dak Prescott or, or, or Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield, that you're basically saying, look, I want this percentage of the cap. And that's the negotiation process. Uh, the highest percentage of a cap a quarterback has ever taken and won the Super Bowl is 13.1. But that, and, and that's Steve Young in 1994. And the reason it's so skewed is because Tom Brady for so many years was taking super below market value contracts. So if not for Tom Brady, that number is probably higher. But if you were just to say, you're Patrick Mahomes, I want 15%, I want 16%, whatever it is, Wherever the, wherever the cap goes, which presumably it's going to go up and up and up and up, uh, even if there's a slight dip after this year, then your, your contract is essentially going to have a natural uh, wage increase that competes, that just coincides with the league. And Baker Mayfield could say, look, I want, you know, 13% of the cap, and the Browns are like, well, we'll give you 11 or whatever. And maybe, maybe Miles Garrett can – go that route and say, you know, I, I want, I want a 10 year deal and I want this percentage of the cap at which point I would be like, okay, let's go 10 years done. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the only disappointing thing is, there, is we, this thing is sort of thrown out there, turned out there's nothing to it at all. You got the old school fat 
number that you know we're not sure what it really means and 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 we're still not but he's the highest paid quarterback in the league he doesn't reset the market because he's his own market uh so i don't know what this is going to mean it will certainly drive some contracts up uh it's going to make the the cowboys feel stupid if they then try to negotiate a long-term deal with Dak prescott because he's obviously going to want more money you know uh, but the fact that it's a 10-year deal doesn't really change much the way it's structured for Deshaun Watson. I sure as hell wouldn't give him a 10-year deal. Uh, it just wouldn't. That's terrifying to me. Uh, not because he's not good. He's very good. It's because of his knees. So that's why it feels like a one-off as opposed to a mon- monumental game-changing uh, contract that sort of moves the game forward, I think, in terms of how we look at the salary cap and how teams budget. Uh, look, I mean, for Patrick Mahomes, you know, nothing but to be ecstatic. Um, you know, obviously, boatload of money. Um, you know, the recognition and look, you know, MVP in year two, Super Bowl champion in year three. Um, you know, well deserved. And like I said, obviously, some of that on a rookie contract. So you know, sometimes you got to pay the piper. You know, for you know somebody exceeding what they had done at the time. Um, of course, for Deshaun Watson, you know, uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, their agencies just say, oh. Okay, no problem. Uh, only helps the quarterback position, you know, by and large. And you know, for a player, you know, of you know, at Patrick's age, you know, for the success, success he's had to this point, um, it's it's just been an amazing story. Obviously, you know, we talk all the time about you know when we talk with the draft process, so much of a about player and where they're going is fit. It was a dream fit fit for him to go to Andy Reid. Andy Reid was going to, you know, not you know basically not try to harness him in. He was going to let him do everything he did. They did a great job of getting around him what he needed. He got the tight end to work in the middle of the field. You have the blazer and Tyreek Hill. Um, you found running backs that worked. It should only look even better this year with a, a back like Clyde at Edwards Hilaire. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, wish he was going to the NFC, but obviously he's going to be somebody here in the AFC to deal with for a, a long, long time. And we'll see how it you know shapes for Dak Prescott, Deshaun uh, Watson, obviously clicking right on those heels. Um, you know, Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know, Oh, look, me could have been joking there, guys. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Pete, it's been a couple of days. Uh, you had the weekend here. Uh, football wise, anything Browns wise, any Pete, you got anything for us? Uh, I'm sure I'm sure I've had things and lost them. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're waiting to see what's going to happen with Deshaun Jackson. Um, I, I I, he doesn't I play anymore anyway. Philly just just crossed him off the list for God's sakes. I don't. I don't understand how you. And this is the thing. And and to this point, uh, he's gotten completely off scot free, which is Bobby Hart. That you post these awful, awful things to social media, knowing. You're posting them to social media. It's not like you were caught on tape saying something you shouldn't have or whatever, as is the case of uh, Riley Cooper, who is the comparison brought up, and and not unfairly in terms of, you know, what how that situation was handled. But it's really hard to say, you know, Deshaun Jackson's going to learn from this, <laughs> knowing everything that's going on. To, to post something so anti-Semitic and just awful. And Bobby Hart with his horribly homophobic thing, which is its own issue. The NFL has a bad track record with 
basically allowing people to be homophobic in prominent media roles, Tony Dungy, and not doing anything about it. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the, 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 the fight for racism is nowhere near over. Uh, it's going to take years and years of hard work as we still have people who want to defend certain institutions because it's their, 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 their comedian or, or whatever. Whatever nonsense you want to do to to defend hack comedy, uh, because it's not funny, and and then you're you're saying, well, you don't get it. No, it's not funny. It's just awful, and that sort of signifies the the battle that that, that that's going to continue. And 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 until, as as I've pointed out, it's easy to say that George Floyd's murder is wrong. It's harder to stand up and say that this thing that might pay me money or whatever is wrong and i might you know that, that i'm i'm willing to stand up and and take less because i'm 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 unwilling to associate myself with certain things and in in the eagles in this case it would be are they willing to say i mean they they basically come out and said for shame without actually doing anything um are they willing to sort of you know, take take whatever loss you think Deshaun Jackson represents for the sake of being, you know, the, the responsible social citizen, which is particularly interesting because the Eagles have been one of the most activist organizations from a, a player standpoint. Um, the team that won the Super Bowl had a ton of people that were super active of uh, various causes, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, Tory Smith, uh, just, and, and Carson Wentz standing up now, I think, in part because encouraged and empowered by those people who went before him to then basically be like, well, you know, Deshaun Jackson was wrong, but he still runs really fast and, and he might catch a couple of touchdowns, <laughs> so, so we're okay with it. And that's that's the next big hurdle for us to deal with is, is when uh, is, is wrong wrong and when is wrong when is it wrong with a butt attached? And and we're in that point where we're dealing with too many people who are more than happy to attach a butt to that. Crazy. It's uh, just, you know, crazy, crazy world. And until everybody um, unifies to decide, you know, that stuff's not going to be allowed anymore and, you know, what can be tolerated and what won't be tolerated. Um, it's a fine line. And some people, it's still going to come down to uh, W's over right, which is what we're trying to, get past here um this has been locked on browns um pete and everybody over at browns digest obviously sean uh brandon they're doing a fantastic job make sure you're checking everything out over at si.com make sure you're following pete at underscore pete smith underscore uh the show itself at locked on browns all lowercase follow back account dms are open me personally at jeff underscore lj underscore lloyd dms open over there as well uh you know anything you want put it in the show questions you have go ahead and feed me over there in the dms uh make sure you're also checking out uh browns pfn for me over at pro football network as we're almost a week in the launch here, the guys have uh, been busting their butts, putting out some good stuff here. Uh, until we talk to the next time, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.